There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Things are only impossible until they're not. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek Picard podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... I'm Redshirt Dave, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 9 of Season 1 of Star Trek Picard. Very interesting episode, to say say the least. Yes. Open-ended, though, as most penultimate shows are in in a season. Yep, and things could go so many ways. (laughs) Yeah, we learned a lot, and there's still a lot to learn. Yeah. And I want to know how the hell is O on that warbird when she's supposed to be running Starfleet security? <laughs> yeah, I know. And and I was wondering if that had anything to do with leaping ahead a little bit here. Picard not being able to contact Starfleet. That's a really good question. And I'm thinking probably she's probably got all Starfleet frequencies jammed right now. Yeah. Either that or she manufactures some crisis we're not aware of. Right. I wonder where that squadron went. Yeah. It was on its way to deep space. What was it? 12. 12. Yeah. I got a feeling we're not going to see it. It'd be nice, though, but I don't think so. Yeah. I I don't think we're going to get Worf to the rescue right now. (laughs) Darn it. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) Yes, it would. Well, shall we get into episode nine? Sure. The title was, if I can pronounce it correct, Et in Arcadia. Ego, part one, where the Romulans in pursuit, Picard and crew finally reach Soji's home planet and discover more than they expected about the inhabitants. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't really have anything to catch up on the past with this episode, so we'll just jump right into the La Serena. Oh, you know what, Steve? What? When they did that previously on... Right. She says, take me home. So, okay, that's been answered. Right. But there was so much talk about Maddox's lab. I had really thought she was from the lab. Right. And apparently she's from the planet unless somehow she's got a false memory because even Picard later on said, you're not sure or wholly sure or something that like, I wonder sometimes what's implanted in her head. I mean, she's always learning something, but is it, is she always learning something that's true? That's a good question. Apparently her memory was kind of scrambled by Maddox. So she wouldn't completely be able to give up their location. But at the same time, there was a hint there because when she was told to look up, she saw the two moons and the electrical discharges. Mm -hmm. But we didn't see that when we arrived. Right. I mean, I think we saw the two moons on the planet, but we didn't see any electrical discharges. But at the same time, maybe that's what the orchids were for. Maybe. I don't know. That seemed weather related. Yeah. (laughs) And the funny thing is, I know we're going down the rabbit hole already, but if that's where she's from, if that's home, then it makes you wonder, okay, she's the organic android and the rest are synthetic androids because they all have the golden eyes. Right. Why aren't there any more organic synthetics at home? Maybe Dodge and Soji were the first two, but you Mm -hmm. would think they would have created more in that time frame, but... I guess without Maddox, maybe soon wasn't able to create more. Yeah, that's possible, but it's hard to believe. He would have left the tech behind. Right. The synthetics are smart enough, especially Sutra, to figure it out. Yeah, why would Maddox not go back there and go start another lab somewhere else? Yeah, I know. That's what made me think they were separated, that uh, Soji and her sister Dodge were from the lab. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, why aren't there, as I said, organics back on Capellius? Yeah. <laughs> Either we don't know everything or the little plot hole there. Yeah. Well, having traveled 25 light years in 15 minutes, boy, that's nice, via the transwarp <laughs> conduit, the La Serena arrives at Soji's homeworld, Capellius. 
So Not what's the big that. deal about traveling 25 light years in 15 minutes? I mean, <laughs> does it actually take two days to travel 25 light years if you're a Romulan? Yeah, apparently so. Warp speed is not... (laughs) They can go up to warp nine. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get that part either. Right. Not an expert on warp speed, but you're you're warping space, and so you should be able to get someplace pretty darn quick. Yeah. That stuck to me, too. Yeah. So (laughs) I love Girardi hiding underneath the table, begging for it to be over. (laughs) (laughs) She couldn't handle the turbulence. Under a table. That's pretty yeah. old school. There's a boomer reference. We used to, they used to teach us that in case of nuclear war. Right. <laughs> Hide underneath the table. table. Like, that would help. <laughs> They'd have to remove the table from your forehead. Something went wrong. And, of course, Narek's ship follows in short order, and a dogfight ensues. Need more dogfights. That was pretty cool. Yes, it was. I had it on my uh, speaker system down in the cellar. Yep. Man, I was really booming. I bet. <laughs> Now, when Narek's craft suffers a catastrophic hit, his vital signs begin to wane, and Soji lets them know it's a trick and they should let him die. Right. Uh, Yeah, that was funny. That was an interesting moment. She was right. Yes. But she failed her first, I don't know if it was her first, but pretty much her first morality test as a self-aware organic android. Let him die, and then Picard has to counsel her. But this comes into play like near the end of the episode, too. Right. What'd she say about fear? Fear is the opposite of logic. Right. And before Picard can beam Narek to the sick bay, we find out that he has rigged his cloak to be a projector and he really wasn't damaged. (laughs) But just in the nick of time, the artifact shows up along with five giant orchids. (laughs) I tell you, when that Borg cube came through its old conduit there, uh, like I said, I have it on the five to one speakers in the cellar and it went. Boom! I bet. So cool. <laughs> now these giant orchids <laughs> knock out the La Serena and the artifact's power and cause them to plummet to the planet below. I have a now, I thought it was more of they were taking them down instead of just letting them free fall. You should be able to transit. I don't know about cubes can transit atmospheric. But I think those ships can. Well, to have shields, you should be able to. Yeah, you so would think. I, I call I call it the flower power defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's very peaceful back in the '60s. Another boomer reference: the uh, flower power was used as the peace movement. Right. It's big love, not war. And of course, it was really cool when the power goes out and you get the flick of the bit. Another uh, <laughs> yeah. boomer reference where you see each of the crew members by. Low light. Yeah. Did you ever see the uh, hunt for Red October? Yes. When they had to go into their own red light. Yeah. And stay quiet. There was something ticking in the background. Reminded me of that scene. Yeah. It was a radiation warning. It was a fake radiation warning. It kept ticking off and on. It was very hunt for Red October-ish. Yes. Now we see Picard, his head tilted backward and his eyes closed. And then he mutters, thank you for (laughs) coming, everyone, and passes out. Yeah, where'd that come from? Exactly. Now, was that his brain issue talking, or was it <laughs> a connection with someone on the planet? I was guessing it's a connection with someone on the planet, but... Yeah, that's what uh, I thought, how, too. How and why? Exactly. I mean, it, it could be Sutra later on, since we discovered she has been studying Vulcans, and we learned from Star Trek Discovery that you can project yourself using the trans galaxy mind meld (laughs) whatever Sarek from that series called it so i guess so but it didn't seem to jive when they eventually arrive on the planet and i don't know if they so you're john lupicard yeah she could have said that's me that possessed you or we've spoken before or something something like there was nothing connective to that yeah what if there's somebody else on the planet did we ever find out whatever happened to jana no jana was killed was she killed? Oh, I thought it was Rios just a uh, beautiful flower that was killed. Couldn't remember. Yeah, I think, no, I think the captain killed both of them. Oh, right. Yeah. Too bad. I, w- I was hoping she'd be on a planet someplace, yeah. be held prisoner <laughs> by her evil sister. So he awakens in sick bay, where Girardi has used an old school tricorder on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the only antique. thing that would work. And I love the little banter back and forth between them. He tries to get Girardi to 
tell him what he already knows and, and yeah. she just can't, so he tells her. <laughs> She's mastered they are the lip quiver. Yes. <laughs> but she said. <laughs> Very much so. So he promptly informs the entire crew that he has a fatal and untreatable brain abnormality and their mission will go on, just as all conversation about his condition will cease. <laughs> Hell, you don't want to cross the Admiral. That's right. <laughs> Anyone who treats me like a dying man will run the risk of pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to do that. No. And, of course, Soji has a vague childhood recollection of nearby Capellia Station. Childhood. Yep. You can call it that. Yeah. And the crew arms itself for a trek across the desert to the outpost. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Rafi said something about oh, reptiloids and... <laughs> yeah. Killer homicidal fungi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> First, though, everyone agrees to visit the artifact to see if Hugh and Elnor are still alive. Yeah. It could be important to note that even though seemingly Soji has changed her mind on who gets to be free or not later in the episode, she agrees they need to be together. So I know it's jumping ahead, but it, it could be that she is playing a long game, just pretending to give up Picard. Right. Could be. I'm still wondering about her childhood memories or memories. You know, she's only been around for three years. Right. <laughs> what memory is this? Yeah. Mm. And she even states that at one point in the episode is she's got so much stuff running through her head. She can't sort it all out. Yeah. That should come into play, too. I hope that I hope they don't drop that for expediency's sake. I want to see what's real and what isn't real. Right. In her head. <laughs> so, speaking of trips, let's go to the cube. All right. They arrive at the cube, and Agnes, not only she perfected the, the lip quiver, but the understatement, too. When it came bursting through its own conduit, she goes, I thought it was broken or, or something to that effect. <laughs> and then they see it from just then. She goes, definitely broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Rios loves her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to follow her redemption, I guess. Right. So uh, when they get there, it, it is great. I mean, that was staged well. First we get that. Th it seemed to be the same guy right. that calls out Locutus. Yes. Hey, Locutus, over here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Picard just kind of staggers back a little bit. Yeah. This guy, again, of all the people that survived, yeah. <laughs> my buddy, whoever he is. <laughs> that poor guy, you must wonder, hey, why is he always doing that when he sees me? Right. <laughs> Aren't we buddies? Oh, man. And then uh, Seven of Nine makes a great entrance, too. Was that a uh, Romulan body that she kicked down or just a piece of junk? Oh, it was a body. There were two bodies so there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> must have been a Romulan body. <laughs> she kicked down there. That's that's what they get for vacating her people into the coldness of space, her people. Yes. <laughs> so, fortunately, there's enough going on where they can they discuss it and they can fix uh, the long-range scanners. And that's like their first order of business. And they see that 218 Romulan warbirds are on the way. And uh, Rafi, who does want to be topped by Agnes at all, says, you don't have to worry about the first 109. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of grim humor on this show lately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Elner wants to join Picard on his quest, but Picard convinces him to stay and help the XBs, especially his buddy, I hope. They want to keep shouting out Locutus. Right. And he tells him a very human thing that he's very, very proud of him. Seven's a little less sentimental, but I think she's in all business mode now. Oh, absolutely. She tells him to keep on saving the galaxy. And he looks at her and says, that's all on you now. Right. So that's either a hit to a show, which they started discussing immediately, at least on set. I was a Michael Chabon starts saying, you guys should have your own show. Right. They asked, they asked Jerry Ryan. He goes, well, I don't know anything. Yeah. It would be cool. <laughs> yes, it uh, would. I, would. I would call it Star Trek Rangers. Right. And deal with Elnor and her and their cube going around saving people or stopping fights and putting out fires and getting in their own trouble and meeting up with the the board because they're out there somewhere, apparently. Uh, they should be. But in the immediacy, they're going to have to fire up the defenses on the cube. Oh, it's yeah. Gonna be, they're going to be a static defense. I don't know. Well, unless... Unless they can get it off the ground. I don't yeah, know. Seven can plug back in and get it regenerated in time. It wouldn't surprise me yeah. to see that Borg cube back in space. Yeah. There'll be parts of a, a future show where she has to lose herself right. to the Borg. I'm already writing the, the script for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this would be the penultimate episode of Star Trek Rangers. <laughs> yeah, backdoor pilot. Yeah. They used to do that on the old original series. Never turned into anything, though. The one part of this section that I thought was fascinating was we see Elnor seeing Picard and he runs up and gives him a big hug. And then, of course, <laughs> yeah. when he wants to join him, he basically says, you're dying. I need to be with you. Yeah. And Picard gives Agnes the look and she yes. goes down and away again. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. <laughs> but that could lead to something good as well, because that was one thing that we had discussed earlier was the possibility of maybe having a Borg implant put back into Picard to eliminate right. the condition he has. Yeah, that's one of the notes I made about for our theory talk yes. at the end, Borg <laughs> implant. I'm, I'm thinking of waves to save Picard Yes, when I'm not working on Star Trek Rangers. <laughs> there was a couple presented in this episode, so it'll be interesting to see if either yeah. one of those come to fruition. That theory of being able to save Picard is a big one, and I think we're going to... We'll see it. I just don't know how yet. <laughs> Let's go to Capella Station. It looks pretty idyllic, and Soji is graded by the synthetic twins Arcana and Saga. They know Soji as well as Picard. I like that they have a slight accent for maybe English or something. Right. And this is when I first started struggling with whether Soji was really from there or not, because they're all organic and they have data-like eyes, those golden eyes. Right. And a lot of them have got golden skin, so... Yeah, golden skin, too. Star Trek has always made a lot of twins. Uh, even in the original series, we, they would hire real twins right, to be on the show. So anybody who's wondering about that, yeah, they're real twins. It's a long, long, long tradition to hire twins and right. cast them on their show. And being on the station, there was a... All of them were twins. Yeah. If you go to imbd.com, there are some that are, are listed there as the twins that played their roles, if you're curious enough. Right. And there's so, an so, answer to one of Fred's uh, questions on his feedback. Yeah. I listened to Fred's feedback. He wondered about that. He's wondering if it was the, well, he didn't say that they replicated these guys like they did on Orphan Black. Right. They didn't. They used real twins. Mm -hmm. So it's up to Soji to inform that a fleet of Romulan warbirds will be there soon, which is especially a big problem since there's only 10 orchids left on the planet. Is either Rios or Rafi. Please tell me you have 218. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> we had 15. Now we're down to 10. <laughs> she says with a smile, too. Yeah. Oh, we can build more. You build ain't more. got the well, time. <laughs> get on it. <laughs> can you build us some surgical mass, too? Yeah. <laughs> And Picard is stunned because a Dr. Alton Indigo soon arrives, cuts his way through it, and it's Brent Spiner. Yay! Yeah, I know. Saw that like... on the opening credits and went, yes. And yeah. of course, my wife goes, well, if it's Data, then it's going to be a dream again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't get my wife to watch it. <laughs> she just want to see how things have changed. <laughs> So much for nostalgia. Yeah. He describes himself as a, a mad scientist, though, which was kind of interesting, with a yes. smile also. He said, my, my father had me, but he created data, and he never lets me forget that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. Just a little. You, you seeing, think this guy's uh, just a little off-kilter? All the Soongs were a little off-kilter. Yeah. Every single one of them. I think Data was the only one in that whole family line that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had his head on straight <laughs> it's funny data had lore but uh, there's been a long string of soongs and it's interesting that they're all seem to be what single kids only children no actually alton has a brother oh yeah yeah we'll get into that in our easter egg section we'll kind of break down all of data's family tree okay <laughs> so of course after meeting alton soong Picard gets to meet Sultra, who happens to be Jana's sister. She's a little creepy herself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the problems that these synthetics have is they don't really have any real-life experience with organics. Except and apparently they do have emotions, which Data didn't. Yeah, that's and an interesting And I think everything that is driving Sutra is the death of her sister. She hasn't had her sister for 14, 15 years. Interesting psychological dynamic there. Yes. It makes you think she's going to abandon logic 
for fear. Right. Which is something they are not supposed to be able to do. So (laughs) Sultra is happy about the encounter because she thinks Soji and her friends have brought her vital information, namely the admonition. Yeah. And she believes that Girardi killed Maddox because it literally drove the doctor out of her mind. Yeah. Or it was a Vulcan mind meld. Right. Which would do that. Yeah. See uh, Bones. <laughs> right. It's hard to believe which of us we're supposed to believe as a viewer. Right. Was it Commodore O's mind meld that compelled her to do that? And, well, of course, she saw the admonition why it didn't drive her really crazy. I mean, Sutra's theory is that it drove her crazy, but uh, not crazy crazy. Right. <laughs> I don't think Sutra's exactly right. I think she's abandoning logic. Yes. And for fear. <laughs> right. And... It's even stranger because she's apparently a Vulcan culture aficionado. Yeah. So you yeah. would think that she would be the most logical of the group. So she either misses her sister as that psychological counterbalance or she's closer to lore. Right. Very much so. Yeah. I kind of have a feeling that she's closer to lore than she is to anything else. I don't know. Well, Arcana and Saga... There's nothing evil about those twins, and there's not no. split. Like, there has to be something with it in the synthetic that there's always a, an evil half. Not right. saying there is, but there seems to be in their Star Trek narrative, good and bad. Yep. But, of course, they have been on this planet with the others, so they don't know any of this and what yeah. it means. And mm-hmm. haven't dealt with organics that have all these complex emotions and behind the back meanings of what they say and stuff like that. So Mm. they're basically children. Like soon said, they're children. Yeah. Blank slates. Yeah. Now, of course, Girardi agrees to go through with the mind meld, even though Rios jumps up and is ready to protect her. But she tells him, no, I want to do this. And we get to see pretty much the same thing that Girardi saw when Ode melded with her, but we get so much more. Yeah. And basically, it's not meant for the organics. It's meant for the synthetics, that there is a alliance of synthetic life out there watching and waiting for your signal. Which is a little odd, because why? Yeah. Why are you waiting? What do you need a signal for? Right. If they're that advanced and they're watching... Yeah, they they should know what's going on. So what do you need a signal for? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do hope we get to meet them. Because I want to see really how advanced they are. Can they process complex emotions like organics have to? And they're intergalactic, too. Right. Through time and space. Yeah. It got (laughs) (laughs) wibbly-wobbly. There's something wrong, though. My own internal long-range scanners picked up something wrong there. I just, I can't reconcile how these people are all powerful and intergalactic and form to the highest order of synthetics and they're watching, but but waiting. He says, we're standing outside your door. They're like vampires. We need you to ask us in. (laughs) (laughs) Can't come in unless you ask us. Yep. Or could it be the Borg? You wouldn't have heard this from me a while ago, but I hope we see the Borg. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll get to that in theory section, too. Yep. But, of course, by protecting the synthetics, all organic life will be eliminated. Fascinating. (laughs) Yes, fascinating. (laughs) That's when uh, Picard's internal long-range scanners went into red alert, too. Yes. He's got more trouble to deal with than he's had in a long time. I know. That'll put some lines in your face. Oh, yeah. Put your finger along that there. Sutra. Yeah. He's aging the poor guy prematurely. <laughs> so Soon's got a plan, though. He tells Gerardi that she owes a great debt. He's a little, I don't know, schizophrenic himself. He goes from pissed off to happy from scene to scene. First, he's so happy to see her, and then, like she's a mother to these people. And then he says, shame on you. You own a great debt. I'm maybe just maneuvering her. How'd you like to repay oh, it? He was absolutely maneuvering her. Maybe that's where Laura got it. Yeah. <laughs> so he reveals to Agnes that he's working on a, a golem, which is from Jewish tradition. It's a little scary. A golem from Jewish tradition is actually an avenging monster. Yep. 
And then my mind started racing ahead on that too. It was like, so he hasn't perfected mind transfer. That was more of Maddox's thing. Right. It was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He was the body guy. Maddox was the uh, substrates. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, so why didn't Maddox work on his own? Right. If he said, where'd that research go? Did it go with his lab that got melted by the Romulan? Might have. Interesting. Anyway, Rios finds Gerardi, and she's going to tell him she's staying behind to complete Manus's work instead of going up back with him. And little hearts start floating around each other. Do you notice that? Scene? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're a murderer, girlfriend. Yeah. You killed, but... your, you killed your last boyfriend, but I kind of dig you. <laughs> <laughs> and we Ooh, can't dude. forget about Spot 2. Yeah, Spot 2. Yeah. She picks it up. He's like, yeah, I'm not a cat guy. And, she, well, they made him. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. More references to making animals like they did in Blade Runner. Right. And just things like the butterflies. You know, I noticed how I had commented on things before, how they, they had a lot of birds and butterflies in their earlier episodes. And we get to the Topelius and there's a lot of there's a lot of butterflies flying around. Yep. You know butterflies are free, Steve? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> That's an old, another old boomer reference. They had Butterflies Are Free was a movie from long ago. Walter Matthau and Goldie Skinned Han. Yeah. Like she, didn't have, she, didn't have, she didn't have gold skin. But if she was if she was a, a synthoid, she'd have gold skin like these ones do. Right. <laughs> I think there was a Elton John song, uh, Butterflies Are Free, too. Could if be. If you don't have them, just make them. That's yeah. another old boomer reference. Good old days. Anyway, speaking of good old days, guess who's back? Narek. Of course he is. Yeah. We're not sure how they found him or how he got to the planet. They had 15. They used 10. It looked like one to bring down La Serena and four to bring down the cube. I counted four on my third watch. There was three attached and one heading towards it. So we don't know how Nera got down. Right. If they don't know how to count, then one of them (laughs) grabbed (laughs) the snake head too, I guess. Right. But he couldn't have been that far away. And apparently they're running patrols. Or something to that effect. He gets captured. Is that a plot hole to you, Steve? Yeah, I mean, just, I lo- just a Go little ahead. bit, yeah. Yeah. So he gets thrown in the Huskow, and he tries. To, he this guy does not give up. He tries to trick Sega into dropping the cell defenses. I'm thirsty. Is this how you treat your prisoners? <laughs> oh, we never had one before. How do Romulans treat their prisoners? He's let's like, change the subject. Eh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> a lot worse than this. Yeah. She almost fell for it, too. Yeah. And she was about to say, well, I guess we can go in the backpack. I know if you were lying to me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Even Soji knows. He yeah. couldn't pick that up on her. And this uh, scumbag, Narek, is still trying that line that he loves her. Right. Oh, I love how she says, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh, she goes. I know uh, what a sad and twisted thing you are. You disgust me, Narek, but not as much as I disgust myself for pitying you. She thinks through, should have killed him. Right. At least she pities him. So she's still undergoing that moral battle. Oh, yeah. I bet that'll play out. Yes, I think it will. I mean, she's definitely gotten enough information from Picard on what should be done. And now she's got to process it with, her emotions telling her something completely different. Yeah. And he plays on that too, because he has to get a dig in, even though his little strategy into saying that I love you, missed you. I'm glad you're okay. Then he says, well, there's approaching Romulan forces. We're going to kill you and everyone else on this planet. I'm surprised he didn't get out the old top hat and cane go. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that little song and dance. Right. Sure. And I'm a little surprised that Soji didn't, Turn around and say, you don't have a chance. When we called... Mm, That would have tipped her hand. Right. These other synthetics, they're going to wipe all of y'all out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. Yeah. Good thing she didn't tip her hand on that. Uh, We see Arcana give Rafi and Rios a device that will repair La Serena. (laughs) Yeah. What is this? Oh, it will help you repair your ship. How? Use your imagination. (laughs) I know. She says with a smile. <laughs> All you know, righty then. Way back in the 50s, here's another Boomer reference. There was a movie called Forbidden Planet. I'm not sure if I mentioned that in our podcast no. before. But in Forbidden Planet, you don't go there because there was this 
a society, the mighty Krell, they built a society without instrumentation. All you had to do was think of something. Right. And they kind of remind me of that. It says, use your imagination to fix it. You get this one device in the movie. All you had to do was think of something or use your imagination. And the planet would construct it for you. Right. No instrumentation. So it made me think of that. The only thing the mighty Krell didn't realize that they had a subconscious too. And they would, if your subconscious thought of something, spoiler alert for Forbidden Planet, it would create that too. So right. I won't spoil anymore. Yeah. But, <laughs> you can tell that won't end well. Yeah, it didn't end well. So anybody who hasn't heard of Forbidden Planet, look it up and, and watch it. It's a fascinating yes, movie. Especially for its time. Yeah. Now, of course, as Rafi and Rios are about to head to the La Serena, Rafi has to stop Picard and thank him for everything that he's done for her. She knows that this is crossing the line that he told her not to. <laughs> <laughs> Again, somebody else. Right. Gives him a hug. And tells him that she loves him. <laughs> now, I know a lot of people went just bonkers over this. No, it's not romantic. It's father and daughter. Yeah, I don't see it as romantic either. No, not at all. But then that would make Soji granddaughter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, they played this scene so perfectly because she tells him, no, you don't have to say it back, no, unless you want to. <laughs> yeah, I know. He does the double take. Okay, walking away, not walking away. Right. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with himself. No. <laughs> <laughs> Even Picard has not got a great grip on complex emotions. <laughs> Guess not. He's got right and wrong down pretty good, but, but he does <laughs> actually takes a step away and then stops and tells her he loves her too. And she's just floored that mm. he would actually say it. Yeah, it's funny how he, he handles their relationship. On the previously on, right at the start of the episode, they show Troy. She puts her hand on his face. Right. And they obviously love each other. And he goes, I'm okay. <laughs> so he can handle that. But And she was ship's counselor and part right. of his crew. Why can't he handle this the same way? Right. Strange man. <laughs> yeah, doesn't handle emotion. Yeah, thought it was programming. Right. So Soji finds Picard in Maddox's old quarters as he's trying to get a hold of Starfleet Command and get them to send the fleet there and the Romulans are coming and we're in deep doo-doo. <laughs> I wonder if that could be blocked right on the planet. But if it is blocked on the planet, instead of something Commodore Orr did before she left Earth or wherever, but wouldn't uh, Picard be able to tell that if uh, if Sutra or anyone on the planet is blocking his transmission? I would think so, yeah. You would think, but you never know. And so they engage in a conversation about the logic of sacrifice, which mm. lets her obliquely address Sutra's brewing plan about which she seems more than a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, all she needs is a tipping point right. for her, her own fears to conquer her. Right. And that's the whole thing is she wonders if all killing is driven by fear. Well, yeah. of course it is. Uh, then we cut to Sutra paying Narek a visit, telling him, oh, it would have been so good to kill you, but your services outweigh my desire to end your life. Wow. Yeah. That's a little scary. It makes you wonder if she has a <laughs> plan up her sleeve. Oh, yeah. I think that's a foregiven conclusion that, yeah, she does. Yeah. When I first saw it, I said, well, is she conspiring with Narek? Right. Yeah, I didn't think she was conspiring, but I knew she had ulterior motives for letting him go. What? I don't know. I think it's probably to make sure that he ends up mucking up any of Picard's plans by having him out there running free. I'd see it as a conspiracy. Right. Because she knows enough not to free him. Yes. Absolutely. And she says, I need you for something. <laughs> she must be telling him. Well, I can only imagine that. I don't know if she said, you have to do this for me first, because it pretty much seems like she wants this war as a pretext. Oh, absolutely. Calling on her long distance friends who are watching and waiting. <laughs> <laughs> a scream brings Soji and Picard running to Narek's cell where they discover that he's escaped and killed Saga in the process. Apparently that was all right with Sutra. Yeah, she let him go, and she's the one who killed Saga. Yeah. Now, this murder is just the pretext Sutra needs for a true scheme when she reveals to the public 
audience. Yeah, she argues that humans will always hurt synthetics and that admonition wasn't a warning, but a promise from higher synthetic beings that are watching them. Yeah, it's like Beetlejuice, though. You have to say it three times before they'll come. Right. <laughs> Coded in the admonition or subspace frequencies needed to contact these higher beings and Sutra and Sung have designed a beacon just to do that. And by using this beacon before the Romulans arrive, they can save the synthetics from extinction. Yeah. We're learning a lot here. How much has been formulated in advance? I'm not sure, but it's certainly Narek arriving gave everything that Sutra needed to know. Yeah. It seems like defending a planet isn't stopping just Romulan Horde. She's going to keep on going. Right. It makes you wonder that these synthetics throughout the galaxy and other galaxies. Right. I wonder how much wiping out they've done in other galaxies. If so, I'm sure they have. I'm sure that there's many galaxies that are just devoid of any organic life. Yeah, that seems to be the plan. And their greatest threat is organic life, which is the story of Frankenstein. You make a creation and it comes back to, to haunt you. Right. And as we we said on this podcast before, Harry Treadaway, who plays Narek, played Dr. Frankenstein in the series. Right. Dreadful. <laughs> this guy can't get away from his own fate. No. <laughs> so Picard doesn't like about this. He's come to the realization that you'll become mass murders. You're going to fulfill a prophecy and you'll become the destroyer after all. His plan is to get him on the Serena. There should be enough room for everybody. And he's going to advocate for them on the behalf of the Federation. And then we see the other half of Sung again. He goes, no, they won't. Yeah. He says they didn't listen to him last time. They're not going to listen to him now. Where'd his logic go? Exactly. He, he says, we're going to have to place you under arrest. Is this Sutra working on him too, do you suppose? I'm no, I Soon, really I think say. that Sutra and Soong are working in partnership. I wondered if since, they've uh, already built the beacon, then they've had enough time to talk and discuss what their options are and have decided that sending the signal is their best option. Now, mm. I'm assuming that Soon thinks he'll be able to get his memory transfer done before they show up. Yeah, I guess. That guy's playing a lot of cards, too. Uh, did you get the impression they were already working on this beacon? Which they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know because she didn't know about the warrant. I mean, the promise of the admonition. Right. But it, it sounded like that's something they've been working on. Either that or they're, they could just build stuff, kind of like you, Forbidden Planet. Right. Yeah, you would think that. They haven't had but a few hours to <laughs> yeah. process all this. And yeah, they've got a beacon already set up to transmit the signal. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, Soji goes along with Sutra. And she goes, she has to throw in another a long list of, of stingers. At right. Yeah. We can't be your means of redemption. redemption. We're too busy trying to survive. But, oh, thanks. Thanks for throwing that in my face. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Yeah. Might be the final stab at Picard. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, like I mentioned earlier, she's playing a long game. And she's just going along with Sutra to see where this goes. You can't tell. Really. Right. Too hard to True. tell right now. But yeah, fingers crossed that she Yeah, come, fingers crossed. That she's got her game going as well. Oh, so that means, if true, we're going to see synthetic on synthetic murder. Could be. Wow. On a personal level, I mean, we've seen it on the attack on Mars and then the ban, I suppose. We didn't really see it, but I'm assuming a lot of synthetics died. Right. At the hand of other synthetics. So anyway, Gerardi begs to be allowed to, to stay in Coppelius and continue the work. Did that, did that raise alarms with you, too? Do you think she's playing a long game, Steve? And she just knows if she stays, she's better useful as free, or does she really want to be like a mom to these children? I think she really did want to be a mom to the children. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would it surprise me if she was playing her own game? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> She's no, I know. much more complex person than facade she puts on, put it that way. Yeah. I mean, she used her strategies on working over Rios to make sure Rios protects her. Right. Now I wonder if it'll turn the other way where Rios will have to uh, compel her to see reason yeah, you know, or be. use the relationship to come to the good side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, Sutra believes Girardi and we see Picard being taken away 
And we get a shot of the fleet with Commodore O standing on the bridge. Yeah. Maybe she had a secret fleet nearby that she could access. We don't yeah, know what just being going to. Yeah, it could yeah. be. But they're Maybe 24 hours Earth. away. Yeah. Yeah, she might have left Earth hamstrung, you know, declared some type of emergency, and she was able to get off planet and join her own fleet. But I don't know. I, that'd be interesting. That'd be a whole different series. Oh, yeah. The card or what, what happened there. Absolutely. That would be pretty big news, I would think. Yep. So we'll get into some Easter eggs, theories, and boomer talk. I think we probably covered most of the boomer talk, but yeah, a lot of boomer talk. The Et in Arcadia Ego is a 17th century French painting, also known as the Arcadian Shepherds, painted by Nicolas Poussin. Arcadia is often interpreted to represent a kind of paradise, and the phrase Et in Arcadia Ego is translated as "Even in Arcadia, there am I." The eye widely presumed to be death. So, presumably, the synth community represents Arcadia, which makes this illusion pretty darn ominous. If you're an organic, you think? You think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if you're an organic synthetic? <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to see if that happens to click with Soji, that if they're just getting rid of all organic, then. She's not going to come out of this in one piece. <laughs> yeah, if she's an organic, too, shouldn't she age? I mean, she, I know they've only created her three years ago. She right. discovered that herself. But those lines that are kind of, that should happen. I mean, if she's organic and has human skin, or even if it's uh, manufactured human skin, doesn't it deteriorate? It and should. It should, I, I would think. I don't know how they're going to get around that one. Right. <laughs> It'll be interesting if we're going to see organic androids versus synthetic androids. Right. And I guess the androids or higher synthetic life in other galaxies and in their own galaxy, who do you think they're made of? I mean, if hundreds of thousands of years ago, see, that's what the Romans believed, there were synthetics and almost led to the end of everything. Right. The destroyer. Go back yeah. to the message. It basically says that, yeah, organics grow old and die. Yeah. And because the synthetics don't, that's why the organics are trying to kill them. Well, to me, that says these synthetics are not organic to where they would show age. That seems impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new, there's a new kind of organic skin that doesn't age. I mean, I guess so, right? Anything's so, possible in Star Trek. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Until <So>, it's not. <laughs> since we had to revisit uh, Picard and his brain trauma and injury, whatever you want to call it, First of all, I thought, well, maybe they're making that golem for Picard. I mean, Soon's making it for himself, word understood, but I wonder if Picard could be put in the, the golem. Right. Or, or are they going to create an organic for Picard? Or as we discussed, will they just re-implant Borg technology to keep him alive? I mean, we all know there's a season two. Right. And, uh, and we assume that John Luke is going to be in it, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and since he's in it, how old is he? 81? Right. They're not going to change the way it looks. So it seems counterintuitive to, to create an organic body for him and make it 81 years old. Right. <laughs> that doesn't seem to make sense. No. I think the more likely is something Seven is going to come up with now that she knows he's dying. Yeah. She's got two things to do. Save the galaxy. Right. And, <laughs> and save Picard. Fix, fix Locutus so that guy can have his buddy back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I do think the call is going to go out. That is definitely they're going to contact this higher order of synthetics, that they will be successful, the Sutra will be successful in her plan, and they will come. I don't think so. You don't think, think so? Yeah, I think John Luke will find a way to keep that signal from getting out. But yeah. of course, if he does that, then all of a sudden he's got 218 warbirds he's got to deal with. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. Now, of course, I, it's possible that... Starfleet will show up in the nick of time. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm, I started dancing with all sorts of theories in, in my life. If, if the call does go out to these synthetics, right? I'm hoping the, the call also goes out to the Borg Collective. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Borg, we love them. They're on our side. Seven yeah. of nine is... <laughs> we don't know if there's a, a Borg queen out there because everything's been upended. Everything we understood from the end of Voyager. And they still haven't reconciled that with us either. 
No. You know, all those uh, tubes or whatever are supposed to have been closed and the technology was closed and all the, the Borgs were killed off, but apparently not. Yeah. I doubt we're going to get an answer to that, but I still want to see a fleet of Borg cubes come to the rescue. Yeah, that under would be the, awesome. Uh, under the commandership of uh, Seven of Nine, of course. Yeah. New Borg Queen. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> uh, would you like to discuss uh, Data's family tree a little bit? Oh, let's do this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we found out, first of all, that Android using Vulcan tricks is not new. Data broke out that nerve pinch in the next generation. Yes. Which is always cool. As a kid, I wanted to learn that. Try it on my friends. <laughs> Never could get it quite right. No, nope, me neither. <laughs> and for anyone who's wondering, this new character, Altan, is Dr. Noonien Soong's human son, which makes him, I guess, like Data's half-brother or perhaps regular brother or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with half-brother right. <laughs> on this, which is pretty classic in Star Trek, especially amongst these people. Secret family members. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of secret family members, Spock had two secret siblings. He had Cybok, and as we were to understand, Michael Burnham was his sister or so. We also found out that Kirk had a secret son in the Wrath of Khan. Yes. His name was David. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> and the establishment of uh, retroactive family members is quite the Trek tradition. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> we had Fiona... Flanagan as Data's android mother, and Juliana in the episode Inheritance, and of course Holly Todd as Data's first daughter in the Offspring episode of the Offspring, and of course Issa Bronis in Picard, all members of Data's family, extended family. Right. And of course all these people have been, at least assumes, and uh, Data's have been played by Brent Spiner, and only Brent Spiner too. Yes. Which is good. I, I like seeing him. You know what? I had missed seeing his name in the credits at the beginning. Oh. But when he strolled through everyone, I was like, oh, look. <laughs> it really didn't shock me. Right. I'm waiting for something to really shock me on this show. If you recall, if you watched The Next Generation, Lore was also played by Brent Spiner. They have a long family history that goes back, at least we know, of the 22nd century ancestor, Arik Soong, from the prequel series The Enterprise, for anybody who'd watched that. And yep. if you're watching this series, you might as well do your research and, and go back. I liked Enterprise. It was on everything's available Star Trek wise on right. uh, oh, the CBS. CBS. Access, yeah. So. If you find yourself locked inside <laughs> or secluded <laughs> in your house, there's plenty to watch on TV. I just heard recently they're slowing down the internet in Europe because they're afraid it'll be overloaded with everyone being home. Right. Uh, how unfair. Yes. <laughs> they tell you to stay at home. You, you can watch everything on the internet and then they slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> so far, don't worry, everyone. There's no plans to do that over here. <laughs> At least, USA, yet. at least yet. I know everyone, everyone's going on CBS now to watch Star Trek and it slows down the internet. Right. What have we done? <laughs> Prince Finer was Alton Soong and he's a cybernetist. He has a lot more in common than a genetist, Arik Soong, or the uh, android lore than he does with any member of Data's family. In the Enterprise episodes Borderland, Cold Station 12, and The Augments, Arik Soong was the person who created the genetically superior augments who he frequently referred to as his children aha uh -huh. yes and he, he, even then to borrow this narrative that he pretty much knew that the apex of his goal would lead to his own death it makes you wonder why they keep doing it right <laughs> they, i guess the humanity just can't help itself it's it's a cycle yeah they haven't referred to it as a cycle as, as it really uh, is it really is though it just happened a hundred thousand years it's happening again back in the original star trek episode or series, the augments of whom Khan was a member. Yes. He took over the galaxy. He referred to regular human beings as inferiors. Yes, he did. Yeah. Wow. Two centuries later now with Alton Soon in Picard is pretty much the same thing. Yep. Yeah. We may recall that Noonien Soon was married. He was living on Omicron Theta and created Data. <laughs> 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 and that was revealed in the episode Inheritance. And it's completely possible, I suppose, that the, this Juliana, he was married, could have had a, a son in a short time that they were together. In case you were wondering where this another soon came from. Right. It's possible. Yep. In more research, if you look back into The Next Generation, his work was secret, but it was shown in the episode called Brothers, if you want to go back and take a look at that. And if you do, go see Brothers first and then Inheritance. The last point would be... 
Noonien could have had a partner that we're unaware of. Sure. The point is that that Sung Sun's existence isn't ex- exactly an impossibility, but it's certainly new information. Yep. Huh. Sure is. <laughs> yeah, that's just a, an amazing family tree that has spanned generations. I mean, <laughs> you could almost have a, a data generation series. <laughs> yeah, I know. Keep Brent Spiner working for... <laughs> Does Brent Spiner have any kids? They need to hurry up and grow up so they can star in any successive TV show exactly. or spin-off series. <laughs> and visually, as we enter the city of happy sense, the colors and activities will remind even the casual viewers of isolated utopias glimpsed in various treks of old. Boy, did it ever. Yes, there are nods to the carefree Edo people of the planet Rubicon 3 from the infamous scantily clad TNG episode <laughs> Justice. <laughs> yeah. That was half the reason to watch the show back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the matching flowing colors worn by the various androids and all twins also recalls similar android duplicates in the TOS episode iMud. Yep, real twins. Yep. And meanwhile, the untouched and isolated utopian aspect of the android Culture is also reminiscent of the Apple from TOS, who watches the Watchers from TNG, and even the immortal and peaceful Bacow of Star Trek Insurrection. I like that movie. Yeah. It wasn't the best, but I liked it. Yep. And from the classic episode Arena to TNG's Encounter at Farpoint, canon of Star Trek is replete with examples of all-powerful alien beings watching and judging the way various species respond to tests of higher mortality. These bigger questions usually don't come down to one side being right or wrong, but instead a deeper truth of how people behave. Yeah, that was something Q was always harping on. Yes, it was. They're, they're being watched and judged. And it started out that way and it ended that way, too. Still being judged. Yep. So where are they? Exactly. And <laughs> maybe that's who will come save the day, the continuum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, everything else has been thrown on the table, Steve. Yeah. Anything is possible. That's yeah. how I'm going into the season finale is anything is possible. And I won't be completely shocked unless it's something that's just so far out there. I couldn't even imagined it. Yeah. <laughs> I need one of those automatic strapping in things in my chair every time oh, I watch yes, this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I tell myself, sit down, Agnes. Yeah. <laughs> and strap in. All right. Well, we have some feedback on this episode from our friend Fred from the Netherlands. So let's take a listen. Hello, Steve and Dave. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Picard Season 1, Episode 9. Last week I was talking about the fact that I couldn't go to the William Shatner Wrath of Khan show in Amsterdam and that it possibly would be postponed or I would get my money back. Well, they already gave me my money back. So, on one hand, that is good, but if I will ever see William Shatner live now is uh, a big doubt. He's 88, and I'm in the coronavirus country. Okay, about episode 9. I will give this episode a 9.2 out of 10. Although, I also had some negative points, and one of those negative points was that Evan Evangora... So Elnor is almost not in the episodes. Every time Picard meets him again, it's only very short, very brief, and then they split up again. And we don't get a lot of this Elnor. And I just wonder if this is because the actress so young doesn't have a whole IMDb track record that, well, he's just not ready to do big roles. Whereas, on the other hand, another very young actor, actress, Isa Briones, is in a lot of scenes and even now doubled up with her, well, evil twin sister, Goldilocks, oh nay, Goldiskin. It gives me a very lore, data-like feeling, these two together. Of course, for my orphan Blackheart, it's good to have some shots where they are both in one scene. Talking about lore, when Seven appeared above there in, in that Borg cube, looking down on the landing party, this reminded me very much of the scene where Lore also looked down on a 
Next Generation Landing Party, where he was the leader of some disconnected Borg drones. And talking about landing parties, this stranded La Sirena and the whole bunch going toward this Coppelius station is good old-fashioned TOS and the Next Generation Star Trek. Going down to a planet, doing first contact, finding a small community there, etc. Talking about that community, I really wonder if they got a lot of twins to act there, or it is just double roles like Soji and Sutra. My wife made a remark during watching and seeing the landing party entering Coppelius Station, where the people were just walking on the streets and doing their Tai Chi or whatever, that they were not busy with the enormous earthquake caused by a Borg cube that bumped into this planet. That should have given quite some earthquake and they are just doing their things there. I think she has a point, especially if you see later how large this Borg cube is. Last topic because then my time is up, is I really wonder how that love between Rafi and Picard is. Is that a romantic love? It it looked a little bit like that? Or is it more a kind of father-daughter-like love? Interesting. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, Fred, I am so glad that you rated this episode so high. 9.2. Yeah, might be the highest you've given an episode so far. I'm glad you got your money back for the yeah Shatner thing, but I'm also sad that it's a very good possibility that you won't be able to see him live. Yeah. That would be a real shame. And I kind of agree with you that we need to have more Elnor Picard scenes. Or series. Or series, exactly. <laughs> I don't but, think it's because he's too young. No, you know. I don't think so either. I, I just, just not enough call for his character. Right. Now. He's a good hugger, though. Oh, yeah. And I think <laughs> we'll see him doing some fighting in this last episode. Yeah, we will. I loved how you called uh, Sutra Goldilocks. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I definitely get a data lore feel from these two with Soji and Sutra. Yeah, that rang pretty true. Yeah, we already answered your question about the actual twins, that that is a Star Trek thing that they always do, is use twins. And yeah, you would think that having a Borg cube crash land on your planet would have caused some damage to the station. (laughs) (laughs) At least it would register on their uh, seismic uh, devices. Yeah, you would think. Either that or their Tai Chi is so soothing that they can work themselves out of that. (laughs) When I first saw that one young synth doing her Tai Chi, I thought she was going to go into the crane kick maneuver from, uh, (laughs) I'm doing it right now, raising my arms from the karate kid. Yeah, and as far as Rafi and Picard go, I really think that that's more father-daughter than an intimate relationship type thing. I think the way Picard responded when she first said it kind of made everybody think that that's what he was thinking was, oh, no, you're not meaning something intimate, are you? (laughs) But that's just because he's emotionally compromised. (laughs) I know. So we got anything else you want to touch base on, Dave? Oh, gosh. I think we've covered uh, just about everything. Okay. I can't, I can't think of anything on top of it. Although uh, in my head, I'm, I'm going to continue to write the Star Trek Ranger series. Yeah, there you any, go. Any of those spinoffs that have come from this. I hope they do. We, so who did he invite back next year? Just to give us a, a quick look. He wanted, oh, what's her name? The actress to come back for season two. And the fact that there is a, a season two right. drops a, a lot of hints as to where they're going to go with this series. Yeah, wasn't it Michelle Hurd that's definitely coming back? No, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's Goldberg. right. That's I'm, right. I'm trying to trying to think what... Uh, Guinan. Yeah, Guinan. What would they would need her for? Again, I don't know, serve drinks. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Whoopi. Just kidding. Be there to maybe teach Picard some... Yeah. Touch with his feelings. Yes. That yeah. would be pretty awesome to have uh, a weekly five minutes with Guinan to discuss emotions. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Not just be there as what should I do, but here's how you should feel, John Luke. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> that. Troy couldn't do guys. it, but maybe Guinan can. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season and looking forward to interacting with you on social media. How can the fans interact with us, Dave? Well, you can go to www.fangirlzone.com and click one of the contact links there. You'll find several ways to contact us via email or social media. Steve's at Twitter at SolidSteve, and I'm at the real ID, Dave. Oh, I just changed it to. No, it's still there. <laughs> I just called myself something. I stopped calling myself Interventional Day and made a joke about being, being germ-free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Please review and rate us on iTunes. Good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us as there are, are a lot of Star Trek Picard podcasts out there. Tell your friends and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. The next episode is on March 26th and is titled Et in Arcadia Ego Part 2. Imagine so until that. Then, <laughs> imagine that, yes. I know, they couldn't make it more of a tongue twister. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Chief Engineer Steve. There's a difference between killing an attacking enemy and watching a wounded one die. This is Red Shirt Dave. And besides having to keep my hands clean all the time over a... Uh, a pandemic, there's also a homicidal fungus out there. Everybody stay safe. Wash your hands.